Well, much more of the China slowdown story today, but it didn't hurt the Aussie that much this time around, nor did the weaker-than-expected wages data for Australia, which arguably could mean the RBA has less to do. A different story for the UK, though, where wages are much higher, and Canada, where inflation is ticking up a bit. So nothing can be taken for granted, that's for sure. Maybe even the US should be careful about talking about a smooth landing, because central banks we know are data-dependent, and today shows that the data is a bit all over the place, but still, it could be worse. I mean, imagine if the data got so bad, the government decided not to publish it anymore. That would never happen, would it? It's Tuesday, the 16th of August, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So much going on today. We might be slightly over our 15 minutes allocation, but we'll do our best. A much clearer direction for stocks, first of all. And that direction is down 1% off the Dow, below 35,000. The S&P losing 1.2% at close, falling below the 50-day moving average for the first time since late March. The Nasdaq closing down 1.1%. Easy to explain which sectors are down. All of them. Uh, But tech has really been leading the way. 1.4% off Meta, 1.1% off Apple and Google, 2% off Amazon, 2.8% off Tesla. Chip manufacturers are doing okay, though. In Europe, the FTSE 100 closed down 1.6%, 1% off the Eurostoxx 50. Further moves up in bond yields, another two basis points on 10-year treasuries, up over 4.2%. Actually, seven basis points uh, more than that earlier in the session. Up four basis points in Germany and France and two in the UK. But UK Two-year yields up seven basis points, up beyond 5.12%. The US dollar down ever so slightly. The pound is up 0.2%. The Aussie is down half a percent, uh, getting below 64.6 US cents. And oil prices coming down as well, 1.9% off WTI, 1.5% off Brent, down below 85 a barrel. So a lot of movement, a lot of news. Here's Nabs Ray Atrill in Sydney to talk about it. Actually, some of the numbers I haven't given yet. Uh, which tells the story. Yesterday, the CSI 300 down a quarter percent, the Hang Seng down one percent. The US dollar is up 0.4 percent on the CNY. This is a clear sign, isn't it, that the China news doesn't get any better. And that activity data yesterday, it wasn't expected to be good, but it was worse than worse, wasn't it? I mean, fixed asset investment weaker, industrial production weaker, retail sales a lot weaker, the unemployment rate up. There wasn't any good news coming out of China. Good morning, Phil. No, there wasn't, was there? But, uh, I think we were sort of set up after those very weak credit numbers that came out at the end of last week to expect that uh, the risks around the sort of formal market consensus uh, was going to be to the downside. But uh, you know, even those lowly expectations were, were unfortunately comfortably exceeded, you say, on all measures, and particularly retail sales uh, falling from you know over 4% year on year to, to barely 2% year on year given that uh, you know a lot of the rhetoric that's been coming out of uh, China you know ever since that that Politburo meetings a couple of weeks ago have really talked a lot about wanting to revive you know consumer spirits and um, you know they're clearly voting voting with their feet here so confidence is, is clearly low um you know confidence towards the housing market in particular i think at, uh, um so it'll be interesting to see what happens with with house prices there's a bit of circularity going on where you know households who traditionally put a lot of their uh, savings into housing are saying well we don't think ha- prices have stopped falling yet so we're not going to buy and if we're not buying then house prices presumably will keep falling so um, right so even more bad news that, yeah. That's right. I mean, the other thing to note, obviously, is that literally 15 minutes before we had the numbers, China somewhat unexpectedly cut its uh, medium-term lending facility rate, the MLF, 
by 15 basis points. And markets were gearing up for a cut, but weren't expecting it as quickly as that. So, um, you know, again, that, excuse me, put markets on notice. But does it do um, much? I mean, is that going to do? I mean, everyone is looking for some sort of fiscal stimulus coming from uh, from the Communist Party, and that's just not happening. No, absolutely. I mean, this is the, a classic case of the, the proverbial pushing on a string, isn't it? Um, mm. You know, it's weak loan demand that is is the problem. Although, um, in terms of you know the Chinese authorities' desire to see this this cut um, that should see the loan prime rate cut next week uh, translated into lower mortgage rates. Um, maybe we need, we'll need additional measures, for example, a, a reserve requirement ratio cut, which is probably uh, waiting in the wings as well. But um, ultimately, it's still, as we've been saying quite consistently, you know, we need to see some clear signs of fiscal support and, and you know, government money effectively being thrown at households, you know, whether it's incentives to buy autos or, or other things. And, and that is still lacking just at the moment. We do have these um, meetings taking place at this uh, Seaside re- uh, Resort of uh, what is it called? Bay uh, Bay Dai He, I think it is, or Bay Dai Her. Um, oh, you're just so week, fluent, aren't you? I'm, I'm sure everyone is very impressed. Yeah, I've we'll see what comes out of it. All week, and I've written it down, and I've forgotten what it is now. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, what I love um, is the fact that when the numbers get so bad, and clearly they are, and you, you do you begin to question just how long is this going to go on for? You know, so uh, is is this? You know, is is it just going to get worse from now on? How, is is China past its peak? Is one of the stories in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. But look, when the numbers get so bad, like the youth unemployment rate for 16 to 24 year olds got. 21 percent uh so they've decided that they're just not going to publish those numbers anymore they're in no, need absolutely. of reca- recalibration mm-hmm. apparently but, uh, no absolutely so uh some would argue that uh, they just don't want them to be visible but uh or until they can take measures that can say that actually we're arresting the steep rise that we've seen and on some estimates that i've seen you know youth unemployment might be more like 40 percent rather than the 20 percent that was last reported but going back to what you're just saying about you know bad news there was a little bit of sort of temporarily yesterday you know, that sort of bad news is good scenario. And the Aussie dollar, surprisingly, at one point yesterday, was the strongest currency in the world. And, yeah, and the so train why of, would that be? A train of logic there was that, well, things are so bad that surely this is the uh, this is the catalyst for, you know, a major raft of, of growth supporting measures. Um, you know, and, and you know, journalists were peppering me with questions saying that, uh, you know, is this does this mark the turning point? Is it the rate cuts that are going to finally revive the economy? To which the answer is an emphatic no in isolation. But, um, you know, Aussie spent a little bit of time back above 65 cents. I think uh, a couple of hours later, I think sort of reality had bitten. And, uh, you know, we were back near the bottom of the pack. And here we are languishing back near 64 and a half, as we, as we recall. The other thing that could have influenced the Aussie dollar yesterday was the was those wage numbers, which were... Uh, not, yes. not not rising that much in in Australia, and then couple that with the uh, the minutes of the last RBA meeting with suggestions that the cash rate could stay where it was. I mean, that is the kind of talk that can see the Aussie fall because you know we're not expecting much in the term in terms of yields picking up. But, uh, no, absolutely. And uh, there was a, a key line I think in in the minutes of the meeting that's suggesting that uh, you know that the RBA did members did think that there was a scenario where inflation could come back to target at the current level um, of the cash rate. I think that's what uh, did see temporarily mm. at least a further shaving of expectations for any further 
um, RBA tightening. And then on the wages numbers, um, you know, Taylor Nugent, to, to forecast these for us, to his credit, said that if, it, if it's not going to be 0.9, which is the consensus, it's more likely to be 0.8. But that is really because there are far fewer um, employees securing um, wage deals during the second quarter of the year. They're now getting bunched far more in the first, uh, first, uh, well, from July the 1st, really, the start of the fiscal year. So that may have created right. that little bit of a downward bias. There's simply there were so few employees, you know, winning a wage increase in the quarter. So, so that would mean it's about to bump back up again. Well, that's certainly our expectation. We're looking for something closer to 1.5% at the moment for Q3. Obviously, there are other, the minimum wage. The awards, the, uh, the 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 pay level shift for aged care workers, etc., will all hit in in Q3. So uh, overall, our view is that the RBA will think that you know from whatever it was three point six percent, I think was the year on year rate in Q3. Uh, it's still likely to jump up to to, to four or slightly above in um, in the third quarter numbers. But um, but even if it's no higher than four or four point one, um, the RBA may still decide. You know that it still thinks it's done enough, but uh, I think the Q3 CPI numbers that we won't get till November will probably be the the ultimate arbiter of whether or not we do get some further time. So, what does the Bank of England do with this then? So, the UK numbers yesterday: the unemployment rate ticked up from four percent to four point two percent. So you began well, okay. So the uh, the labour market is getting uh, a little less tight. But then the uh, three-month average for the annual increase in wages uh, came in at 8.2%, up from 7.2%. So that's quite a leap forward. Two conflicting numbers there. No, absolutely. And uh, chatting with Gavin last night, who uh, you know looks at these in great detail, he, you know, he does suggest that you know markets may ignore that uptick in the unemployment rate at their peril in terms of how the Bank of England will assess this later uh, data mix, ugly as it is. Um, you know, clearly, I think it's, it cements, you know, another rate rise when the, the Bank of England meets in September. So, you know, a 25 basis point increase is now priced at slightly more than 100%. It was a little less than 100% prior to right. those numbers. Um, you know, so there's the, the potential for 50 coming back. Well, in absolutely. Again. But also, you know, that they don't stop, um, you know, at least until five and three quarters. So looking at pricing for the so-called terminal rate, uh, we were about 5.8% prior to those numbers and we're a little over 5.9 percent now i think at one point um after the numbers we did price at a six percent uh, bank base rate which is what 75 basis points up from where we are now but um you know our sense here is that they at least go to five and a half so another quarter at the next meeting Hence. you know and then they might get a bit more of a pause pause for reflection after that depending oh, yeah. on you know what happens with with the cpi numbers which we'll talk about momentarily yeah well I mean, well let's talk about it now because of course they are coming out today i mean we've seen the rise in the pound today i mean if the, if we've got that rise in wages are we going to see it pass through into cpi as well um well um the expectation is the other way around but obviously we've got a couple of things playing there i mean the um you know the reduction in household energy bills that i think is already feeding through um to household bills you know as as, as we or has been in the last few weeks that will show up in the july numbers and again talking to gavin he thinks it could be worth as much as 0.8 percent month on month off the CPI. We've also got a relatively high base effect from last July. I think that was 0.6. 
So the expectation is that those, um, you know, those numbers can come down by over a percent. So um, just looking at the consensus, um, I think it's 6.7 percent down from 7.9 percent in June. So that's a, you know, 120 basis points of decline. So, um, so hopefully, you know, a little bit of better news there. And and then again, talking about circular arguments, you know, higher, lower headline inflation and its impact on inflation expectations, you know, might start to see some significant softening in in wages growth going forward. Or wedge demands at least. Right, it's pulling the pound in all directions, isn't it? Uh, and certainly is. Uh, what, so, what about Canada then? Uh, moving very swiftly through all of these, there's so much today, isn't there? So, the uh, core inflation rate higher than expected, up half a percent in July. It fell in June, so the annual core rate is three point two percent. When it was hoped it would uh, tick down to two point eight percent, the headline inflation rate is up zero point six percent on the month. I think we thought the Bank of Canada was finished. Is it? Well, we certainly did. But looking again, let's just looking at market pricing. The market's saying there's about a, a, a one third chance that uh, they they will you know raise rates again at one of the next two meetings. In fact, there's thirty eight percent chance of a move by the uh, by the sep- by the October meeting. Sorry, and about thirty percent for the um, for the September meeting. So um, you know, and let's remember that the you know the Bank of Canada is uh, is all in on inflation as far as uh, you know its uh, interpretation of its remit, if you like, you know, obviously in some contrast to the uh, the RBA that's still very happy to play the long game and try and preserve, um, you know, as many of the, the gains in employment that we've seen in the last little while. So, um, you know, so the market's, you know, more convicted that the RBA is not going to go again and, and, you know, having to rethink what it means for the uh, for the Canadians. So what about the Fed then? I mean, we, you know, keep on talking soft landing as though they're going to come out of this without any of the nasty surprises we're seeing elsewhere. So retail sales is a, a sign that consumption is is really picking up much stronger than expected 0.7% in July from 0.3% in June take cars or autos out of that and it's up 1% for the month i mean that sounds good but is it is it too good i mean could that be that consumption picks up could that start to you know have an impact on inflation again um, it certainly could. And again, markets having to sort of rethink its confidence about, um, you know, not so, so much is- about whether or not um, the Fed will raise again in September. But I've seen that, um, you know, the debate is much more about how long rates will stay at the, at the current level, at least, and uh, pricing for where, you know, how much rates might fall over the course of 2024 have come in from about 116 basis points to about 106 basis points. And, you know, the adage that uh, give them the money and they'll spend it has, has never been truer than when it comes to uh, you know retail spending in, in in the US and obviously we've had you know still relatively healthy employment gains that are adding to income so that may be part of the uh, the story the only thing in terms of a little bit of a um, you know a health warning on these numbers is there is some suggestion that the changes in the timing of the Amazon Prime Day um, could have been playing havoc with the seasonal adjustment mm. factors. So it is possible, that, and these retail sales numbers are all very much goods related rather than services. So it is possible that um, you know the earlier timing yeah. of that has had an impact. But um, at face value, at least, you have to say the consumer's in pretty rude health. I've seen that the Atlanta Fed that puts out its sort of GDP now cast, now, admittedly it's very, very early in Q3, but their latest number out a couple of hours ago is talking about 5% annualised growth in Q3. But we've also got export prices and import prices uh, rising more than expected as well. So, I mean, that, that's another sign of, you know, risk of inflationary emerging, isn't it? It's, uh, well, it's uh, it's certainly there. And I think that, you know, the message will be that the Fed is not going to be willing to sound the all clear. We've had Neil Kashkari out mm. as a Fed official and, and he's saying exactly that overnight. So, um, so I think the markets are still, you know... Uh, 
probably rightly, travelling with the view that uh, the Fed's probably done here. But as I say, the debate is really just how long rates will have to stay at these, you know, yeah. what are undoubtedly very restrictive rates. And as signs of softness from the Empire State Index, uh, manufacturing index that fell 20 points to minus 19, the NHB uh, housing market index down to 50 from uh, when 56 was expected. So, um uh, so that, that the feeling the the head there as well, but look, let's. I suspect speak- I, I do suspect more noise than signal, incidentally, on both of those numbers. Right. The house building index is clearly trending up, and that empire number, I think, is a too small a sample and too yeah. noisy to read okay, much. Okay, let's into. not talk about it then. So let's quickly look in Europe as well, very quickly, because the zoo economic sentiment less than bad. Uh, from well, it's less bad than it was anyway. From minus twelve point two to minus five point five for the euro area, from minus fourteen point seven in July in Germany to minus twelve point three. Uh, Zero, um, putting it all down to a more favourable outlook for the US actually, rather than Europe itself, and uh, perhaps the anticipation of an end to interest rate hikes for for the ECB. Are they dreaming on that? And uh, and Japan, uh, supposedly, um, doing the wrong thing on monetary policy, we keep on hearing. But, hey, GDP growing at 6% in Q2. Look at that. No, absolutely. And But the notable thing there, that it was all, or more than 100% of that growth was driven by exports. Uh, 1.8% mm. um, uh, rise in, in in exports or contribution to growth. Uh, so out of a 1.5% Q on Q number, 1.8% of that was exports. Yeah. The consumer was actually negative. Although yeah, obviously, you know, yeah. given how much inflation has gone up, if you inflation adjust it, the fall was much smaller than uh, than it was in um, in real terms, at least anyway. But um, yet another sign, in our view, that uh, BOJ policy settings are are all wrong. But is this going to change their mind in the short term? Probably not. Um, and just on those ZEW, note the current conditions was actually a lot weaker, and we will get those that first EZ. Uh, eurozone gdp number today which is expected to be a small positive thanks largely to to france with um germany i think was flat on the quarter and italy was down so um mm. that'll be a talking point later tonight i think we've, we've spoken about most of what's happening today uh we did we haven't mentioned the rbnz that's today on hold we we assume and they just had another yep. bad day with dairy prices falling uh, down 10 percent for milk powder which they'll feel that but i mean china is going to it's china's going to have an impact on all of that i mean new zealand is going to feel the hurt out of china isn't it? The same as Australia. No, absolutely through dairy in the same way that um, you know that we may through um you know through hard commodity prices at least anyway. Yeah. But um no RBNZ I think are, are becoming more convicted. We think that they've done enough for the, the current setting and uh, and that the economy is is clearly, you know, is wilting under the weight of those part rate increases. So we uh, put the messaging to, to be pretty similar today. No, no change and we think we're done. Right, I'm just going to tick the boxes here. China's housing data, you've talked about that. UK CPI today, we've talked about that. Uh, Europe's GDP, we haven't. It's the second estimate for Q2 and uh, industrial production and housing starts for the US, which, uh, I mean, that they could be more bad news, I guess. We, we just have to wait and see because, as we've said, the data is a bit all over the place. And then the FRMC minutes uh, early tomorrow morning, just before the, the podcast. How much are they going to tell us, do you think, finally? I suspect not. I think the message will be, you know, we're encouraged by some of the inflation news, but, uh, you know, we're not out of the woods Mm. and uh too early to signal the all clear on rates right and who's going to win tonight that's the big question and more to the point who are you going to support i mean we're both pom you know australian poms it's a difficult decision isn't it well it's not for me because i'm going to support the english but what about you are you really divided loyalties i would have thought (laughs) there's a confession to a a podcast with an audience of australians (laughs) that's everyone turning off i could have lied but now i'm telling you do you know why it's because i feel like australia is playing really well 
but they wouldn't go all the way to the end, whereas I think England has a chance to do that. Fair weather, fair so, weather support you know, for you. But uh, and then from my point, I have to say, look, if it was the Ashes, um, it's England till I die. But when it comes to football, I'm uh, emphatically with the, with the Tillies on this one. And um, they're going to win 2-1 in extra time, avoiding penalties. <laughs> all right. Well, well, we'll see how you do with that. Uh, well, it's going to be entertaining, isn't it? Anyway, isn't it? Uh, good to talk, Ray. We'll catch you soon. Thanks, Phil. And that is Wednesday morning's morning call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAV. I'll be back again tomorrow morning. Will you? I mean, maybe you've turned off uh, because you're furious about my lack of support for the Matildas. Other bank podcasts are available, but hopefully you'll be back with us tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Have a great day. Enjoy the game.